found really helpful um, is not just try everything, see what sticks, you know, because that is like, yes, that is an approach you can do. But one thing, especially when you're kind of getting over that first initial excitement of your launch, of your first business, of opening the doors, of really deciding that you're going down this entrepreneurial path, one thing that can be really helpful is taking a look at what other people are doing and what resonates with you, but not just what resonates, looking at why. You know, if you if you see an ebook that someone is using as a lead magnet that you really love, asking yourself what you love about it and then taking that back and incorporating that into your business. Hello, Fempreneurs. Before we hop into this interview with Elliot Olson, I wanted to remind you that Fem Team is available to you. In this episode, we're gonna be talking about a lot of the tech tools and a lot of the online marketing stuff that fempreneurs really need to get in place in order to properly attract their ideal clients and also allow them to take action. Obviously, the goal of everything we do is to improve lives through our businesses, and there is technology involved in that. So if you want a proven system and you want to have a little bit of handholding from other women like you, femteam.com is the place to go. Let's dive into this interview with Elliot Olson. I actually, I consider myself something of a um, recovered website designer. Uh, I got started doing website design over 10 years ago and really quickly realized that all of these amazing small businesses I was working with, all of these nonprofits I was working with, um, they needed a website, but they also needed something more. So they were looking for something that could really power their entire organization. So I started doing website design. I quickly moved into doing more of strategy, um, doing a lot of marketing, doing a lot of automations. And now I focus a lot of my business on doing that kind of automated full service, building an engine for your business, not just a website. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. Good for you. So have you been doing a lot of podcast interviews this last you know, few months? Or is this something that you're really doing a lot more of these days? Or what does your marketing look like lately? Yeah, well, actually, so podcasting is something of a new marketing tactic for me. I typically do more of writing. Um, I really love, uh, I'm one of those nerds that really loves writing. So I will sit down and write out my next dozen emails and happily just sit behind a keyboard like that. But um, yeah, sometimes, you know, with with marketing, it's always fun to try different things. And I'm sure as many people in your audience have found, what works for one person isn't the same for other people. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna take a bit of my own medicine. I love writing, let's try branching out and doing something else, trying something outside of a comfort zone. So I'm doing more of the podcasting now, more of the live interviews like this, more of the videos and really having a great time. There's, there's something about the face-to-face -face you can get when you're actually talking that doesn't quite come across when you're behind a keyboard. That is so true I just taught a live video workshop this morning about video marketing and so that always comes up right where it's like oh my gosh I gotta figure this video thing out because yeah. so many fempreneurs are still hiding behind the blogs and you know all the written stuff and it's like get your face out there woman you know yeah. so I think it's so great that you're one of those who's just really embracing video. It's it, so powerful, so it's good for you. Well, and sometimes you meet people, like at this point I'd say you meet people who are like, I'm way more comfortable in front of a video. I don't wanna sit down and spend my time writing. So one of the things that I, yeah, that I work on a lot actually with clients is talking about, you know, let's play to your strengths. Let's find what you really enjoy. And if you don't try something, how are you gonna know if it's the right venue for you or not? Amen. Good for you. <laughs> well, I'm curious to know more about your story. You mentioned nonprofits. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, you graduated from, you know, here in Canada, we call it high school. So you, you left the, the nest and then how did your path lead you to where you are today? Tell us some of the stories, some of the people, um, some of the things that magically happened to point you in this direction. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my path, you know how some paths go straight from point A to point B? My path is- Does that happen? I've, I've heard a rumor <laughs> that some people managed to go straight from here to here. I would say that I um, have done a bit more of a zigzag approach. So uh, yeah, I graduated, um, went off to college, ended up studying sociology and cultural anthropology, incredibly practical fields, very high demand for people with undergraduate degrees in those fields, as you can imagine. Um, uh, yeah, graduated and quickly realized that wasn't the case. Um, and fortunately, I live here in the Pacific Northwest. There's this amazing culture of supporting small businesses, supporting startups, supporting entrepreneurs. So. I was surrounded by a lot of this energy and a lot of people that were starting their own businesses and starting their own organizations. And I had kind of dabbled a bit in website design before and people I was talking to kept saying, you know, I'm looking for a web designer. I wish someone could help me with a website. And I was like, you know, I think I could do that. I think that I know how to do that. So I, I did some online courses. I did some research. I sat down and tried to just cram as much into my head as I could in a few months and then started taking clients saying, you know, hey, I'm just getting started. What can I do for you? So really started it from there. And yeah, ended up, I actually took another break to get an even more practical degree in heritage studies while living in Germany for a couple of years. So really continuing on that uh, very um, useful and practical academic path but at the same time still working in tech working in the website design world and working with yeah as I said nonprofits small businesses kind of teens a lot of them based here in the US but also organizations around the world I've worked with teens now that have been dispersed in almost every continent and really enjoyed it as you were saying at the very beginning it's one of the benefits of working online and one thing I really love with especially 2023 business is you can be anywhere in the world and still be working with clients who are completely different time zones hours away it's outstanding yeah and i noticed on your website you have a really cool tool to help people get ready for their own website build at least that's what it looked like could you tell us more about that i think yeah. it's like a download or something Ooh, yes okay so you may have found one of a few different things on there mm -hmm. um so i have a couple different freebies on my website one of these might sound familiar to you. There's uh, an ebook that I've actually put out about designing a website and designing strategic websites specifically. So my whole approach is I don't want anybody to waste their time designing a website that just looks pretty. So my resources are geared towards helping you design something that looks good and actually hits your goals. So what are your targets for your small business and how can you accomplish those with your website? Not just a website that looks good, but also a website that converts, right? I don't want people to spend months putting together a beautiful website and finding that, oops, it doesn't actually help with their sales. It doesn't help with their marketing. So I really enjoy yeah, that strategy and that approach. There's an ebook on the website that is downloadable and a guide there. And then there's also a quiz that is focused on helping people build a business that's more efficient by using website tools. So things that people may know about or may not know about that can save them a ton of time and help them have a more streamlined and as I put it, a more elevated, more customer experience focused business. Nice. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. If anybody 
Awesome. And so what, it's, uh, yeah, go to my website. It's literally the top bar across everything that says take the quiz now and it will pop up. It's a completely free quiz that takes, um, I'd say about 90 seconds on average to complete. So check it out. Um, it's got a lot of information in there that people have found helpful. Okay. And what's the web website again? Studio Anansi.com. So studio S T U D I O Anansi, A N A N S I.com. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I did really enjoy looking around at your website. That's great. Um, where are you hanging out on social media these days? What are you finding is getting you connected with more of the right people? Is there a platform that you prefer over others? What would you tell our newer entrepreneurs who are just trying to get out there on the internet and on social media? Absolutely. So if you are trying to get out on social media, you're trying to market your business, you're trying to reach your audience. Uh, the most important thing that I always tell clients who are getting started at the beginning stages of their business is to really think about where your audience is. And I know you've heard that a kajillion times before. Everybody's like, find your audience. And you're like, well, how the heck do I do that? Um, but it really does bear putting that effort in to find out where your ideal audience is because otherwise you'll do what I did in the early years of my business, which is a very wide, very scattershot approach where, um, at least in my case, and with a lot of the clients that I work with now, uh, there's a level of burnout that happens because you're spending so much time, you're trying to be on Facebook, you're trying to be on Instagram, you're trying to be on, back in the day, you're trying to be a lot on LinkedIn and Pinterest and on Twitter and on YouTube. And there's just so many different platforms that you could be spending your time on but like I said earlier, I don't want anybody to be wasting their time. So if it's not actually a strategic use of your time, I don't want you to spend time on that platform. So in my case, I've actually found a surprising amount of my clients on Facebook, which if you'd asked me, I'd be like, never in a million years would I guess that that would still be like a particularly relevant platform for me to do marketing. And yet that is consistently where I'm finding people at the same time. You know, I work with clients who say they have never found a single client on Facebook and they find all of their clients through their Pinterest pins, which is not something that, you know, has ever happened with me. So it really does depend where your audience is hanging out. And I mean, if I really want to target it and we're talking about, you know, specifics here, if you are a new entrepreneur, a new business owner, and you don't know where your audience is, think about who would be your target audience and if possible do some interviews with people that fit that audience persona so think about who would be your target audience and then actually go out and find people if you can find people in your life who would fit the bill don't just talk to don't make the mistake that i see some clients today which is just talking to their friends or talking to their family about like well where would you like to be and find out about me and then you're going to get a very limited sample that's probably pretty biased already towards people that love you and want to support you which is great love that but you want to find the actual people that are going to pay you. So try and talk to people who would be your ideal audience, or if you have already been in business for a few years and you are looking to kind of really target your marketing efforts, look at the clients that you've already had and how you found them. And if you're not already collecting information about how people find you, start doing it now. It's never too late to, <laughs> you know this, Lindsay, like it's never too late to start collecting that information and bringing in that data because it is absolutely invaluable to be able to look back and say, oh, of the clients I've had in the last quarter, half of them came from LinkedIn. I probably should be putting more energy and effort there and I don't need to do as much on my YouTube channel that hasn't had that kind of results. Yeah. 
Wow, I could not agree more. I love that you just said all of that. I recently had a bit of an awakening from that where I was looking back on a lot of things that have worked for me and I was like, what am I doing that even remotely relates to what I used to be doing that was working really well? And so hence, I've done a couple of free video marketing classes lately and yeah, and already the, yeah, everything's <laughs> everything's making more sense now. Yeah. Um, yeah, like giving away free gifts that are, um, you know, downloads, uh, you know, having free videos out there has been a lot more effective for me than downloads, but I have had downloads out there that have videos embedded in them that seem to do the trick. And then, but video, like videos that don't mention something time sensitive and downloads that don't mention something time sensitive, that's, that's uh, the days for me of doing that are over. I really have realized lately looking back on what's worked is always having that scourgency, like that scarcity and urgency mixed into stuff. Are you finding that um, you kind of have figured out like a sweet spot that you're just never going to veer away from in the future? Is there something very specific that you've discovered about what works for you that you could share with entrepreneurs? Yeah. So when it comes to that, did you use the word scourgency? I love that. Um, that's a Tim. That's a no. That's a Pat Flynn word. I don't know his book is well. <laughs> okay, credit Pat Flynn. Um, I won't assume you invented it, but I was like, oh, really loving this combination. Um, yeah, yeah. So when it comes to things like creating that urgency or creating that scarcity, um, if it can be done in, and I hesitate to use this word because everybody uses it, but if it can be done in an authentic way, I find that yeah that can be really powerful you know so it's one thing if there's there's creating urgency for the sake of urgency like saying oh on sale now and never again when actually it's like always going to be this price and just creating that creating that false sense of urgency i find um it ends up kind of backfiring like i've i've seen several instances where uh you know we've all seen those organizations that are constantly running last minute sales and it's like it turns out every time i hear from you it's a last minute last chance sale and it really eradicates that sense of urgency and it really destroys kind of any trust that you have in whether or not that pricing is actually good pricing whether that's actually a real sale so when it comes to things like urgency and scarcity if there is really genuinely a, a time limit or there really is like hey i only have three coaching spots open and then i'm full for the quarter so if you want to get in on it here's my book let's go ahead and get you on the schedule but if it's if, if there is really that um necessity then yes scarcity and urgency can be super helpful for me personally i have found that having um more of a more of a showing up and kind of giving away information that is really consistent to my messaging like for several years there i was doing what i saw a lot of people doing which is always having new freebies and always having these like really long detailed workbooks that kind of boiled down to not a whole lot but it somehow took up 12 pages you know like, like <laughs> these, these these kinds of resources where you're like, oh, this is so pretty and shiny. But then when you actually get into it, you're like, it doesn't really say anything. And it doesn't really align with the work that I'm doing or that I want to be doing or the kind of audience that I want to be attracting. So nowadays, I, and well, for the past several years, have been doing a lot more of aligning content that I put out with my, uh, with my brand, with my voice and with my message. So really getting to the core of what I'm talking about and what I believe. Um, and then making sure that that's coming through in 
everything that I put out, every freebie, every PDF, every quiz, every article I write, every email, just really imbuing each of those with what I believe. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I think we all go through those phases, like you were saying, where we're, we're seeing other people that we feel are like so much farther ahead of us in our industry. And we like want to be like them and have the things they have and have the online course and be adding value to as many lives as they seem to be adding value to. We really, we really never know how many people they have going on. But that's besides the point. My point was that we see them and we start trying on different hats, kind of like I'm watching a lot of like teenagers do right now. I'm a youth leader at my church and I have a teenage son. And you kind of see these teenagers where they're kind of trying on different personalities almost. They're trying to figure out who they are. And I think as an entrepreneur, we go through that phase. And I don't think that it's a bad thing to try our own version of something else that we've, something we've seen someone else do. But I do love that coming into your phase of, like you said, now you're just like, I know my message. I know my brand. I know that it's great that I sound like me. And I know when I'm not doing that, and I think that's a really cool place to get to, but we can't rush it no. and we can't not work and not say anything and not do anything when we don't feel fully authentic. We have to keep going and doing things and trying on different hats and doing our own version of, you know, whatever Shalene Johnson posted yesterday. Like, you know, we have to go through that phase, right? Yeah. And well, one thing that I found really helpful um, is not just try everything, see what sticks, you know, because that is like, yes, that is an approach you can do. But one thing, especially when you're kind of getting over that first initial excitement of your launch, of your first business, of opening the doors, of really deciding that you're going down this entrepreneur path, one thing that can be really helpful is taking a look at what other people are doing and what resonates with you, but not just what resonates, looking at why. You know, if you, if you see an ebook that someone is using as a lead magnet that you really love, asking yourself what you love about it and then taking that back and incorporating that into your business. So I work with a lot of clients about, um, about elevating their customer experience. So they're kind of at the stage where they have already kind of tried a different, few different things they've seen what worked and what doesn't and we work on really refining their presentation refining their processes making sure that their customers are getting this really high quality outstanding experience and a big part of that is making sure that the entire experience is authentic to the business so it's right yeah. having questions and about like oh well i really want to try all these different things look at why you want to try them and maybe adapt them a bit so that they can be keep saying this word, keep saying I don't want to, but I'll say it again, authentic to you, authentic to your business and really authentic to the message that you're putting out there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I agree 100%. Did you know that the best way to help other femtrainers find this podcast is by following or subscribing? If you love these weekly doses of marketing power, guess what? Other femtrainers are going to love them too and you have the power to help them find this podcast. Thank you so much for helping us empower more women to build their dream businesses. All right, let's get back to today's episode. So what is like a huge challenge, uh, story perhaps, of a huge challenge that you've had to overcome in order to stay in business? A huge challenge that I've overcome? Well, I mean... There have been quite a few. <laughs> the burnout is one. Just pick anyone. <laughs> one of the biggest, you know, most looming ones that you've ever had. Um, yeah, I would say that the burnout is real. And like that is something mm -hmm. that I think every 
entrepreneur has experienced. Uh, and if they haven't experienced it, look out, it's around the corner. Uh, not to get anyone to alarm, but burnout's real. Like when you are, as you put it, like it's great to see people trying on different hats. When you're an entrepreneur, you don't have that choice. You have to wear every hat at some point. And that's something that a lot of people, I think, could be more aware of and could prepare for more. So the burnout for me has kind of happened in cycles. And I have definitely, especially over the past few years, gotten better about mitigating it, knowing when it's coming and having some, having some processes to make sure that I'm taking care of myself and not getting to that stage. But yeah, I think especially for entrepreneurs and especially for women entrepreneurs like there's just there's so much that you are suddenly responsible for and so much that you're doing and if you aren't aware of what burnout feels like for you and if you're not taking steps to slow down that burnout to step away from that burnout like it's it's gonna creep up on you yeah do you want to share more about maybe just take us into that time I mean I hope it's not like super painful for you but like can you tell us more of the story of kind of that shit and how you were feeling when you started to feel like, oh, I don't like this, this isn't good, and like how you got yourself out of it? Absolutely. It's actually, so this is, it's going to end with a really like uplifting, positive ending. So advanced preview, it's going to have a really um, great ending here, but it definitely took some time to get there. So uh, when I was doing primarily website design, I was really, I love my clients. I loved working with new business owners. I loved working with new clients all the time, getting to know them, getting to know their business. And I was so maxed out in terms of the amount of just time that each individual build was taking and the amount of individual attention to detail. Um, and I had taken on, it was a time when I had taken on more projects than um, I probably should have considering that I was also buying a house and moving and trying to deal with some, there was a lot going on. So I had about three months of absolute overwhelm and just constantly trying to stay ahead of the flood um, and all of the all the projects were done the client projects were done on time and launched and at the end of it I was like I don't know if I ever want to design another website again um, and was like I was just so overwhelmed with it and I actually ended up taking a step back and just not taking on any new client projects in order to work on a new approach and a new service so I kind of went back to the drawing board and said hey what made that so challenging and how could I how could I change things so one of the things was I really love I, I do love building websites I love working with my web design clients how could I slow down the flood that comes in and really space people out and make sure that they have to pick a specific start time and if they don't stick to that start time that they have to book again when I have availability. Not, oh, okay, well, we can just start a few weeks later, even though that kind of puts me at the same start time as another project I had planned and then suddenly everything's backed up. So really working on figuring out what hadn't worked for me and how I could do better planning of my time and make it clear and talk to clients kindly about that um, without feeling like, you know, without feeling like the bad guy. If somebody contacted me and said, hey, I really need to reschedule saying, okay, here's the policy and this is just what it is and you know let's figure it out how can we make it work for both of us not just oh yeah I'll absolutely accommodate you and then everything ends up stacked up on me so yeah yeah it sounds like you had a rude awakening about boundaries and how to maybe build some new ones it's definitely without I mean, feeling yeah. like you were you know saying no to business or 
not serving people, but you kind of have to take care of yourself or you can't do anything ever for anyone. It definitely turns into, I mean, especially again, with, with, when you're an entrepreneur, you, you feel like you have to do it all, all sometimes. And in my case, it was, yeah, it came down to being able to say, I could do a this all and I know that if I do this all in three months I'm going to want to take a month-long nap again and that's not a state that I want to be in so here's the policy and I actually <laughs> I ended up using automations in order to uh, make this a much easier process for me so part of the things I I love setting up for clients are automations and a lot of the clients I work with especially women actually are people who say like oh I feel so uncomfortable or like oh like I always put off sending this information because it kind of feels harsh and I was like hey I do that myself like telling clients if you want to reschedule here's the one-time rescheduling option or there's going to be a fee in order to reschedule it because my calendar is completely full and it would be you know fitting you in when I already have other plans and I have other people booked so I started automating all of that there's no more of me being like, oh, I hope this email sounds friendly before I hit send. Instead, I just wrote an email and was like, this is as friendly as I can make it. I feel really good about it being it, about it being honest and transparent while also being full of heart and being understanding and not being rude. And now I am going to put it into my workflow. It is scheduled as soon as I have a new client and I click start workflow. I know that that information is going to go out and I'm never going to have to think, well, not never, but until I revise my workflow, I am not going to have to think about, oh, I hope that email's nice enough. You know, it's just, it's been really eye-opening and really uh, eye-opening and also time-saving and also mental energy-saving to yeah. just have that type of information scheduled and automated um, so that, yeah, yeah, there's no thinking, oh, I hope it's friendly. When I'm like, no, I know it is. I know it is. I know it's the best it can be. And I know that it's going out and they will have that information already. So you're talking about like a new client comes in, they hire you to build them a website. And then I don't really understand what was happening. Like they weren't, they were wanting to reschedule a um, meeting. Yeah. So, well, the way that my, so the way that my website designs work and a lot of website designers um, will be, you know, if a client comes on, they say, okay, I want to start on um, in April, then great. We get you on the books for April. And I like to have my design scheduled so that I'm not working on too many websites at once. Right. So I'm not trying to split my attention between five different websites at once. I just have one main design client for a design period at a time. So let's say it's a two week design period. I have them scheduled to start April 1st. And the reason that I got to a burnout stage is because I had a few clients who reached out and said, Oh, I've actually just had something come up. Could I change my, could I, could I just push back by a couple weeks? And when you have a few of those doing it, all of a sudden you have three websites all starting uh, at the beginning of May now, when previously you'd had them spread out over a month and a half. So that was the case that, yeah, that's, that's what kind of got me into um, the issue of burnout. And what I ended up doing when I took that time off after I finished all of those projects that had stacked up uh, was to create an information document but kind of a typed up policies. Here's what to expect working with me. Here's uh, the approach for when your time starts and here's what to do if you need to reschedule and then automating that so that it all went out automatically to new clients as soon as we signed an agreement so that they knew, okay, if you need to reschedule, you can, but here's what that's going to entail. Does that make gotcha. more sense? Okay, yeah, that yeah. makes more sense. I just needed a little more context there and then I was like, oh yeah, that would not be fun trying to you know, build three different 
yeah, completely different yeah. websites at the same time and keep all the information compartmentalized in your brain. And, and really, you know, like that's one thing that I learned too about, uh, I was talking actually to a new client yesterday and we were talking about um, some of, well, uh, one of my other favorite books um, written by Tim Ferriss, The 4-Hour Workweek. And I told her like, this book is something you really need to have and you need to start in the automation chapter because it talks all about exactly what you were explaining. Um, kind of avoiding the emotional roller coaster of having to send emails and creating those automations and workflows and even just having a voicemail, um, you know, like your own voicemail when people call you and they get voicemail and it says, hi, don't leave me a message unless it's urgent. Text me or email me like voicemail is not my jam and it's probably going to get ignored. Um, you know, sort of thing, like just not saying it like that. That's not the Tim Ferriss script, but <laughs> he has me. a good script go. in there. Yeah, even like an autoresponder that goes back to, and he's not saying that you need to have it on there forever, but kind of training people saying like, I only check email at, you know, 10 and 2 every day. Mm -hmm. And really not doing that from a place of I'm so important and I'm so busy and y'all can fit in you know, to the scraps of my life. No, it's so that I can serve you better. It's so that you get a quality, you know, service from me or product or whatever. Yeah. And that's, I think, a real, real aha moment for a lot of entrepreneurs <laughs> to be like, oh, boundaries are actually for my clients. They're not just for me. Like, yeah, I'm going to be a little happier when I don't have people hammering me with questions and needs all the time. But yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely... I mean, it sounds so cliche to say, like, you know, buckle your own seatbelt first or, like, put on your own. What do they say on the airplanes? Put on yeah. your own mask first. But it's so yeah. true. Like, if you aren't able to be there for yourself and if you don't have the space to show up, then you're not doing a service to your clients because you're not showing up as your full self. And I mean, you probably – actually, you might have even seen my email responder. It's a very similar – like, it goes back and says, hey – we're a really small team. We'll get back to you in the next two to three days. If this is urgent, here's our emergency text line. Get in touch there if you're like a current client having a website emergency. But otherwise, we will get back to you. We've received your message. Talk to you soon. And it says it in a very, it's not quite that, quite yeah, short, but it's like a very open hearted, very, hey, we, we see you. We'll be back to you. Don't worry. We're not going to get back to you in the next two hours probably so don't expect that right right totally um yeah i haven't had an autoresponder for any reason on my email for many years i get back to people within one to two days yeah <laughs> that's just kind of what people expect yeah. um honestly yeah. i put mine in place mostly because i was like i really want to have that emergency number because if an email yeah. does come in while i'm not here especially in website design world you know web a website emergency is an emergency. Like it's, you, yeah. you can't, if you have an e-commerce shop, you can't have your website offline all of a sudden and just not have it get looked at for a day or two. So that's why yeah. the emergency number is in there, but it is also an opportunity to tell people, hey, here's an expectation and here's, um, here's when you can expect to hear from me. So we're all- Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's another great automation for sure. Um, so we've talked about, I know you're a WordPress website designer. I guess I haven't mentioned that yet, but that's your jam. Um, and you said that you kind of expanded into giving people kind of more that full lead generation system. So what are you using? Are you using MailChimp or what's kind of that CRM that you, that you use and love and that you get all your clients onto? 
Yeah. So I really like to meet people with the technology that they have. So what I have found, I'm sure you've experienced this yourself. There's only so much time we have to learn new platforms and to learn new, uh, <laughs> to learn new tech. So if when I'm working with a new client, if they already have a platform that they love, like sometimes people, yeah, come to me with MailChimp or they come to me with MailerLite or they come to me with uh, ClickUp, you know, whatever platform they have that they are really loving, unless it's something truly hideous that doesn't have, I say hideous, but I'm not going to name names. Yeah. Unless it's something that really just doesn't have the kind of functionality or features that they need for their business, I will try to meet people where they are. So if they already have a platform and I can work with them in order to help level that up, help to integrate it, help to set up those automations that we're talking about, helps to make sure that um, everything's updated across a platform they're already comfortable with, I will do that. And honestly, you would be, well, maybe you wouldn't be shocked. I was shocked with the number of people who were like, oh yeah, here's my, um, here's my MailChimp account. And it was with branding that they had from a year ago and the address was wrong and they had links all over the place or it still had the made by MailChimp at the bottom. Like there was just so much stuff that I have found can already get refined and get updated on whatever platform people are starting with yeah. that that's where I like to start. So making sure of it, you know, people are going to be comfortable with the tech that we're using and that way there's no, there's no telling somebody, Hey, I know you're a really busy small business owner and I know you're already wearing a thousand hats. What if you also learned this new platform that's going to require you to sit down and go through a whole training course in order to get up to speed with it? You know, like nobody yeah. wants to hear that. So I like to work with people with the tech that they already have. Um, and if I see an opportunity where, yeah, they could have an improvement here that would really step up their game, it would really make things easier. Or especially if there's a platform that has all of the features that are currently spread out amongst, say, three or four different tools that they're using. Like if they have their email databases over here, but their client information list is over here, and all of their forms synced on a different thing, and all their freebies are sending from a fourth platform. In that kind of a case, I will try and, you know, suggest that maybe we could consolidate down to one tool um, or just two tools that talk to each other, that sync, that integrate, and they won't have to update across four different platforms when they need to make changes. Yeah, that's great. That's really yeah. great. It's, it's always fun to do the, uh, I, wanna, I want to work with the tools that you have. And also part of what I do is tech audits that you know, goes through, hey, you're using a lot of tools that you don't need. Um, you're using, you know, a lot of people don't know that they have a bunch of subscriptions or they have a bunch of platforms and softwares and tools that they're paying for that they don't actually need and that have a lot of overlap. And maybe they only need half of the subscriptions that they currently have, but they'd forgotten about the other ones. And then, you know, when they go to check their, they check their statement or they get a sudden invoice saying, okay, you've been billed for your next year. And they're like, well, I haven't used it in nine months. So helping people kind of cut down on the amount of tech that they have while also making sure that their tech stack is super streamlined and works for what they need. Yeah, that's great. That's really great. Well, it's been really fun getting to know you and learn more about what you do day to day. Is there anything that you could leave empreneurs with um, a message, a story, <laughs> uh, your favorite mantra when you need a kick in the ass? I don't know anything. Oh my God. Um, I will definitely end with that final one there. Um, someone was asking, actually just asking me like if I could go back and tell younger me before I decided to go down this path like one thing like what would it be 
Um, and thinking back to those years and thinking about what I would want to tell a new entrepreneur now, or even an entrepreneur who maybe has been in business for a few years and is not sure what to do, just, just sit down and do as much as you can, even if you only have a really short period of time, just get started, right? Like there's so many things that I started super belated because I was like, oh, I don't have time to make this perfect right now. And then it took me months to get, you know, a new project started or to get a new, um, to get a new project out there. And instead of having that delay, if I just sat down and said, okay, it's not going to be perfect, but I'm just going to get 20 minutes done now. Like just, just sit down, do what you can. You don't have to hold yourself to a perfect standard and just getting started, just getting that ball rolling is oftentimes what it takes to really start an exciting new project or to, to sit down and start making progress on something you've been wanting to accomplish for a while. I love that. I have a little story to back up that yeah. exact um, message. So I remember a time about, I feel like it was probably about a year and a half ago and I was a little burnt out, but I have this community here in the Calgary, Alberta area called the YYC Fempreneurs. And we were kind of overdue for a live in-person event. Um, but I feel like we were coming up to Christmas. Like it must've been like October or November or something. And I was like, people aren't going to really want to spend any money, but I just wanted, I, we, I also needed a new group photo for the community. It'd been a while since we had one. And I was like, Oh, what day is going to work for me? Right. When am I available? <laughs> so I literally found a day on the calendar, which was less than a week away. And I did a post, like I went into Canva, I made an image and I was like, this is happening at this location no sign up link, no growing the email list. I was just, I was just burnt out. Like I have, you know, my event design and marketing plan that I repeat over and over. And I was like, I'm just not doing any of this because it's, it's a bunch of work that I'm going to have to do. And so I like kind of just threw it out there on social media. I sent an email to my list and like, that was it. We had like 30 women show up. That's awesome. That's and awesome. I mean, and I, yeah. And I was like walking around the tables and I'm like, hello, how are you? Who are you? And, you know, have my phone and I'm following them on, on Instagram because I didn't have their contact info because they never had to sign up to come. And like everyone was on their own tabs and stuff. So it was super easy. Yes. But I do remember that. So to your point, sometimes you got to ditch the whole idea that it's got to be done a certain way or that it's this big thing and just say to yourself, like, how can I make this really easy? Yeah. And I don't recommend doing that all the time, but I think every once in a while, why not? Like worst case scenario, we would have had a few people show up and we would have sat there and had some drinks and not done the group photo. Like, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, it's like so much better to do, like get started, just do something and that will start the ball rolling. Like I, I just had this on my own website. I, did a case study of going through a new service that I launched a few months ago and I wanted to put a case study up and I was like, oh, I don't have time to write this case study because if I make the case study, then I got to make the freebie. And if I make the freebie, then I got to set up the email sync. And if I set up the email sync, then I got to write the emails. And finally I was like, no, I don't need to do all of that at once. I'm going to start with the article, got the article done. And then a few days later, I was like, okay, I have half an hour. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to start putting this into an ebook format and I, so I can have my freebie. And now I have my case study. I have my freebie. I have my email sync and I have all of the links looking beautiful on my website. And it's only because, yeah, starting it and then doing little chunks when I had time. I, I think that that's something like a lot of us, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of female entrepreneurs feel like they need things to be perfect. I still feel that way all the time and have to tell myself like, hey, is it really going to be the end of the world if this isn't perfect because if my answer is like no it's not going to be the end of the world then just get started yes start. yes thank you for wrapping it up with that that's a message <laughs> that i think fempreneurs need to hear 
single day. <laughs> we all get hung up on things, uh, yeah. I think, on the daily when we're like, oh, it's going to be perfect. If so, you're feeling that way, thank you so much. Come back and listen here. Just go straight in and hear that. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just get started. If it's not going to be yeah. the world, just go. Hello, Fempreneurs. This is Laura, producer of the Fempreneur Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to hang out with Lindsay and I, other women like you, head over to femteam.com. We'd love to help you grow your business. Talk to you soon. Bye for now.